Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Welcome to a what is a gift Friday? Welcome to Gift Friday, man. That's right. Friday right before Easter. Easter, Easter, Easter. Sunday. So, uh, welcome to the show. I am Rob, and you, sir, are Arlo. R Arlo. R R Arlo. Everybody else is uh, working a real job today, so we kind of uh, got to slip in here and knock one out this morning. Um, Easter, man. What do you what what do, what is your uh, favorite? takeaway from easter like as a kid like what's, what was your what is my your favorite and your worst okay so my favorite was my <laughs> grandmother without doubt without fail come hell or high water i was getting it every easter i got the hollow chocolate bunny and she got the good stuff she didn't go to the dollar store yeah she got the good chocolate and of course now she was uh she could quote you the bible knew how to stop free bleeding all that stuff she was very good um, she's connected to the world yeah now she also was a very cleanly woman she would take the hide off your hands before you were allowed to come in and eat <laughs> uh, she would wash your hands with a washcloth and i'm like what is that 1600 grit sandpaper <laughs> she also kept a tupperware cup in should, a holly bush right next to the spigot outside she needed a drink <laughs> should i be seeing my tendons in my knuckles right now <laughs> and if you had a cut camphor fixed it and if you don't know what camphor is, it's straight alcohol with a little bit of smelling salts in it. Woo. Yeah. So it'll get your attention too much. Quickly. And now, now, boy, we're going to have to put some camphor on that. No, 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 no. It's, it's fine. I'll yeah. amputate it. I don't give a, I'll take gangrene. No, granny. Please, no. God, get away from <laughs> yes. me. Yeah. But anyway, that was my favorite. Is I always could count on her. And usually she was, now, don't eat all that. But she was like, eat all of it. Yeah. Go home and mess your mama up. <laughs> so my worst was having when i was a kid having to dress up for oh that was, that's mine it's mine too because here's the thing whoever decided that we should replicate what the eggs look like 
needs to be slapped. Or look like a fucking Cabbage Patch Kid. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> need a baby blue or a chicken shit yellow short sleeve shirt with some like polyester tie. Yeah. In the most uncomfortable pants. I mean, for a kid on Easter, I'm going to go look for eggs. You I, you think I'm not going to mess these pants up? I have a picture of myself uh, when I was a kid at Easter, and I was like, I had on the exact same suit John Travolta wore in Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Like, butterfly collar. Uh, my hair is like, I, I my hair looks like a Cupid doll. I don't even know how my mom accomplished that or achieved that, but uh, dressing up for easter was the worst part for me too like i hated putting all that shit on um and then uh and what do you hear all day don't get that dirty don't get that dirty why'd you put me in it yeah i'm gonna be outside rolling around in the grass looking for fucking eggs why why would you put this on me i hope somebody hold my sports jacket i gotta go out here and uh mama uh said i couldn't look for eggs (laughs) did you get chocolate on your pants no it's dog shit from when i was picking up easter eggs yeah (laughs) What did you think was going to happen? I guess I looked I at can't it. wear this again. Yeah. Pray to God you're not going to put me back in it. Next and year. And send me out in the public. <laughs> right. Or go to church in it. We're, no, fuck it. We're going to Kmart. Put your suit on, son. That's where we bought our suits for Sears and Kmart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. my daddy knew. Yeah. That's a one-timer. That's a one-timer. Yeah. And if you can't get the vest, the suit jacket, the pants, and the shirt all on one hanger. We don't want it. We ain't buying it. We ain't buying it. I have a picture of Tyler uh, when he was a kid. Where we, I try to dress him up, uh, you know, when he was little, like, not goofy as fuck. But I remember his mom bought him this damn navy blue. <laughs> it's like a romper. But it was shorts, you know, like the shorts with the suspenders. Uh, maybe like he uh, was uh, a Quaker, <laughs> no. and he had a white button-up shirt with a blue bow tie. And they, I was like, uh, "So, uh, tell me about the Quakers. I don't know much about the Quakers." He didn't get it. My dad would laugh hysterically. So, and then my favorite part, I think, was um, my dad's family's huge. So we had my dad's like one of nine kids, and so I had a a fucking plethora of cousins like tons of cousins i think we have like 30 there's 36 of us there's a bunch of us they went forward and multiplied in the family i mean without being said but i remember my uncle steve at my grandmother's house he uh he had a bedroom in the front of the house and so uh when they would go they had all the kids wrangled in the house to go hide eggs i would say like i had a stomach ache because i ate too much or i was gonna go watch tv in Steve's room, but really I would go in there and squat down in the window and watch where they hid all the eggs. And I looked for the shiny ones because I knew those were money, the money, money, money. Dude, I, I was such a little bastard. So as soon as they let everybody go, like all the kids is like, Wah! like running wild in the net. And, and you my, were pinpointing. My, yes, I was like, gold egg is in the in the dogwood tree. Silver egg is on the bumper of Uncle So and So's truck. So, uh, and then we're like, how, and, and I got away with it for a few years. And then my aunt Karen caught me. She was like, what are you doing in here? And I was like, watching TV. She's like, uh, and I don't think they let me hunt Easter eggs that year. If I found a prize egg, I had, I couldn't keep it. So, so I was foiled. My plans were foiled. So my kid, <laughs> he didn't look, he didn't like see where we hit him, but he would like go, he would make a huge arc in my parents' yard. He would pass over. <laughs> If it wasn't the money eggs, because yeah. they would have, if it was plastic, it had change in it. Yeah. So he would look, and if he couldn't see a little glint of sunshine, he just kept just walking. Keep going. That's what I would do. And he would come back. That kid would get all, finally, like the second round, 
My daddy looked at him, grabbed him by the shoulder, and goes, don't you pick up another plastic egg? And he goes, well, I don't know where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? You ever watch the family members, too, when they got the new baby? Like the new baby that's just walking, and uh, they go by egg, and the kid just won't pick the egg up, and they're, like, trying to... Here, here. No, no, they fucking just boot them in the back. Get down right there and I kick them over. <laughs> and then we had, I had another kid in our family. Uh, they would, uh, they would go and pick up when they're picking up eggs. One kid to put it in a basket. They'd follow that kid around and take eggs out of their basket and put it in their basket. So oh, that's awesome. They had it figured out too. We got a come Jesus meeting outside. We got a, we may be having a good Friday service out here in the front of the studio. It looks like a, is, is there anybody on the ground, Arlo, that needs medical attention? They look all elderly. No, but we got one with a cane. The rest of them, if we added their ages together, there's five out there. If we added those ages together, we're knocking on 500's door. I'm thinking, if, <laughs> I'm thinking if we could get a plastic bucket, a washboard, and a set of spoons out there and a harmonica, we'd have a fucking serious jam session. A couple of bells of hay. <laughs> yes. Be like Chiaha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the things you see on uh, Broad Street in the mornings. So it's good. Um, I had a couple of funny things. Well, I have something really, it's really bizarre to me. But I know you found something that was, uh, you sent that to me this morning. I thought it was hilarious. And so we're going we're gonna to jump on. Uh, we we got to do it justice, though. Let's, uh, we're not going to do, it's, it's, it's breaking news, people. Breaking news. All right, here we go. Uh, you, you wouldn't believe it if you didn't read it with your own eyes. And we're not talking about an episode of Candid Camera, so please don't think we're making this shit up. <laughs> but a transgender inmate, a man who identifies as a woman, for those of you that don't understand that, has reportedly Shimothy. Shimothy <laughs> has a, reportedly impregnated two females being held at the New Jersey's women's only prison. What? what? New Jersey's women's only oh, prison. I thought you said a members only facility. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> the double pregnancy occurs less than a year after the state began adopting new radical gender theory practices in its prison system, which includes placing inmates in the facilities based on their gender identification. How brilliant was that guy? He's got a free roam with some cooter for ye- however long his sentence is. This is not an episode of love during lockup or love after lockup. This is love inside the prison. Actually, it probably ain't even love. Basically, this old boy and NewJersey.com said that the inca- incarcerated person at Edna Mahan Correctional fil- Facility, the only facility for women in the state, thought it would be a good idea to bring in a transgender person. They, did, they doubled down on this policy, and there are 27 other trans men in there. Dude, let me just, I'm going to say right now, if I get arrested and I got to serve a long, lengthy sentence and y'all see me wearing lipstick and y'all see me wearing a wig, just know I'm working working for the common good to get into a female prison. <laughs> now, the New Jersey State Attorney General's, no, New Jersey State's Correctional Department stated, quote, it is customary for prisoners who identify as transgen- transgender intersex or non-binary to be assigned a prison state in line with their gender identity, not the sex they were born with. Huh? What? 
are you a pointer or are you a setter? Because that's how we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. If you can point, you're going to the left. If you have to see it, you're going to the right. Yeah. The new policy will require required staff to use pronouns. Oh, could you imagine those prison guards in New Jersey? Some of them old guys. Oh, hey, no. Hey, fucking come here, you little weedy day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But no, uh, I can't get to, they don't really go into detail about the actual who they are. But yeah, he uh, he got in there and I guess they hadn't seen, some of them girls ain't seen one of them things in a while and thought, eh? You know what he probably did? He probably went in there and he's like, you know, I had so many women try to change my mind on my sexual preference and it just never worked. See if you can try. See if you can do it. <laughs> He's got a line. It's like, is the mess hall over here? No, buddy's buddy sales over here. Got, a, got like like eighteen deep in line trying to get in there and make him turn him straight. So, yeah, unbelievable, man. That was uh, I and then uh, it's funny you was mentioning those little names. At, I figured MTV would be all over it trying to do a reality TV show with that with that whole situation. Yeah, it's um. Uh... Two female prisoners having sex. No. Consensual. They were consensual sexual relations. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't even know how that even happens. But it was genius. It was fucking brilliant on his part. Or he, oh, yeah. He, she, it's part. I would go in there and I'd shave my beard and braid my yeah. hair. No. Tape my butthole. <laughs> my balls to my keep, butthole. If it's so keep, keep me in, in, the, in the female prison. Yeah. If it's going to keep me anally virgin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure there's. Well, there, there's probably some there, swinging dicks in there's there some, that's got some boobs. There's some pegging going on in there, I'm for sure. So, How do we go from Good Friday Easter <laughs> to, to, pegging. to pegging? I don't know. That's just kind of how we do it. Well, yeah, we do it. We've got swinging dicks, pegging, and transgenders. And Easter here. eggs. And <laughs> shitty polyester suits. Yeah. <laughs> I swear I'm going to find that picture. I'll post that damn thing if I can find it. I think I know where it is. My mom's got a, she's got a, uh, oh yeah, a my black, mom's still a blackmail box. Yeah, mine does too. <laughs> don't make me break these pictures out. Hey, don't run for no public office. People gonna see these. <laughs> I remember what was the deal? With your parents always taking a picture of you when you was naked as a baby. I don't know, but and I, then they distributed them amongst the family or kept them in the photo album. See, here's him. This, yeah. and then all of a sudden there you are with your little weenie hanging yeah. in the sink. Yeah. I remember my grandmother had one and my mom, because I knew my mom had had one. I was just sitting on the couch watching cartoons. I guess I liked to be naked when I was little. And uh, I went to my grandmother's and was going through all the pictures. And then I heard my little cousins giggling. And I was like, what are y'all laughing at? And I was like, hey, what the fuck? It's me naked. And I was probably like seven or eight when I said that. <laughs> I stole that picture. I took that to the house. I was mad. I was like, why would you give Nana this? Why would, you, why would she have this in her possession? What's wrong with you? Oh, mom. <laughs> I'm now going to be transgender. Send me to New Jersey. Send me to New Jersey prison. I'm identifying as a female. Well, our other odd story, and and this is like, I never, this, you may not take this as uh, personal as I did, but, uh, or just be as shocked as I am about it, but did you know the gentleman, John Hinckley Jr., who attempted to assassinate President Reagan? For Michelle Pfeiffer. Which was an honorable cause. I yeah, get it. I get it. But uh, he just couldn't he, shoot straight. He's not in prison. No, they let him out. He's out. He, yeah, she actually spoke at his uh, parole hearing. She did? Mm hmm. Wackadoo. 
she a wackadoo? Now, the way I remember, now this has been a while, so I, you can go ahead and tell it, and then it, it may say in the article. But from what I could gather, oh no, this is going a whole nother uh, oh, it's going another direction. Okay, yeah. So from what I could gather, when Reagan survived, she he forgot who shot him. Yeah, sorry. by the end, damn it. I love Ronald Reagan. I'm sorry. She uh, kind of she wanted to know if she could have done anything to prevent it. I guess for her own conscience. Yeah. And so she kind of established a relationship with him, and it wasn't the way I read it. It, it was for her like, mental clarity, and she did it in such a way that she wasn't promoting like him thinking, "Oh, she's really in love with mm-hmm. me," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of established a relationship where I think he. He got on the right meds while he was in prison because they'll do that to you. They'll sure. find, yeah, which, they'll find which one works. Yeah. Keep your ass set up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he ain't going to be no I think problem. He realized real quick, hey, man, I was fucked up and yeah. I did this out of crazy shit. Yeah. And uh, I think she really spoke. I, 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 I may be totally wrong, but I swear to you, I think I read something a couple years ago that said that she spoke at his parole hearing. And that'd be the exact opposite of what Jodie Foster did with uh, Chapman. Uh, she, it, it really, like, it messed her up like for a long time. And I know I remember like early on after he had assassinated John Lennon, um, he, she had a, she just had a tough time with the whole deal. He did it for her to get her attention. And, uh, I know that like people would try to talk to her about it in interviews. She'd just get them walk off. Like she wasn't talking about it. So, and I don't blame her because at the time he was such an icon to be moving away from what was going on in yeah. the country. And he yeah. kind of had a, if you don't believe it, he, you know, the FBI had a file on him because they sure. felt like he was, he could sway public opinion. Yeah. And, uh, um, well, they don't do that anymore, do they? No, they stopped all that. They yeah. don't do that. Yeah, it's no. not necessary. No. They're not going to influence anybody to do anything crazy. No, steel dossier. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't blame her because it, nowadays, if that had ha- if that happened today, that she would receive death threats. If it wasn't for your flaunting and whorish ways, John Lennon wouldn't have got killed. Man, oh, yeah. I didn't do nothing. Yeah. I didn't yeah. do nothing. I'm gay. Yeah, you could come out and say, I'm going to the New Jersey State <laughs> Prison for men, and they'd be like, no, that's that bitch's fault. Yeah, yeah. That's how crazy it was. At least back then, they people had a little bit more common sense. But go they ahead really with did. It. It's, it, man, it's terrifying the, the direction that people people's thought processes are going to now. Um so if that wasn't odd enough, uh, the reason I brought up John Hinckley Jr. And, and, and letting you know that he's out of jail is because if you were ever so lucky to be at the Market Hotel in Brooklyn on July the 8th, you might could stand out front and scalp you a ticket to John Hinckley Jr.'s concert, which is sold out. Every year? Oh, no. It's just, I guess it's the first one he's done. Oh, okay. It's, it's sold out. And he will be performing hits from artists such as Elvis and Bob Dylan. God, that's uh, he too has hard. A, that's too hard. Opposite. He has a YouTube page. Oh, I gotta look it up now. Yeah, John Hinckley. Wait a minute! I totally messed that. The um, John Hinckley, man, boy, I'm we're gonna get roasted on this. And let me go ahead and correct myself. Uh, John Hinckley shot. Uh, Reagan to impress Jodie Foster, and I was like, "What? Did, what was that? I'm still asleep, y'all." It's like, man, I really, I really blew that. Sorry, sorry. I'm glad I caught that. 
Uh, feel free to send your hate mail to uh, CS Idiots Pod. <laughs> yeah, we totally just obliterated that yeah. whole thing. Why that's did what, I think Michelle Pfeiffer? That's what you get when you start talking about Easter and transgender people. PTSD. P- yeah. yeah. Not that there's I anything wrong like, with These it. dumbasses don't even know who it is. We apologize. I apologize. I, Why I really, did I think it was Michelle Pfeiffer? I don't know. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure somebody's tried to kill somebody in the name of Michelle Pfeiffer. Like their spouse, yeah, making her wear the Scarface dress. This podcast to go down the toilet. Yeah, we just shit the bed on this one. <laughs> We're gonna release it though, because because we don't edit. We, we don't, don't edit. give a shit. We don't we don't edit. Uh, but if you just, want professional, you watch the damn news. <laughs> he has his own YouTube channel. He has thirty seven videos with twenty seven thousand subscribers. What? He has an original song that he sings. He covers Mister Tambourine Man. Oh, my favorite. Uh, I shot the sheriff. Probably. <laughs> does, he, does he do that one? I hope he does. Can't help falling in love. Oh, everything's gonna be all right. Oh, yeah. he does have a Bob Marley song in there. Can we get along? I don't know. Do you got a gun? So yeah, it says right here, actress Jodie Foster Damn talks it. about letters sent to her by John Hinckley Jr. I apologize. Why if did you, I think, dude? If you didn't cut the episode off when you heard this major fuck up we had. Uh, <laughs> Then uh, we're going to correct it. Just hang in there. Yeah. Uh, one day ago on ABC News, they did a, a whole thing about this. He is sold out, man. It's sold out. His concert sold out. Uh, but you know what? So did he. He sold out, too. <laughs> God almighty, man. I uh, I just don't know how people like that get out of jail. You know, I, I really don't understand how people like that get out of jail. And... uh. I know mental health's a huge issue. It's a it's a major issue. But if you try to kill the president, that's an act of treason against the country. I don't see it had I don't to see be, how you do it any other way. It had to be they had to find him mentally incompetent. Mm-hmm. But my thing is hit this. There's gotta be a clause in his parole or whatever that states They get royalties from his concert. That would be even better. <laughs> Nancy's still getting a dime. Yeah. Um, We're getting 5% of the gate. 5% of the gate and and 3% of the alcohol sales. It's gone down the toilet. (laughs) Yeah, we (laughs) But anyway, uh, I've lost my whole train of thought. Oh, about his psychotic drugs. Yeah. No, Peter, we don't have any LSD. (laughs) Beat it, you fucking silly dolphin. Put that thing away. Uh, It's got to, he has to be on some major antipsychotics because yeah. there's no, no there's no other way he's rehabilitated he's like oh nirvana wrote an album called a song called lithium hmm i'm on it yeah <laughs> damn right he is <laughs> next up player my liver's as black as night that's my new song <laughs> <laughs> my soul is bright my liver's black as night next by audio slave <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i mean if you're in the area July the eighth, roll your ass on up to Brooklyn and uh, get you a get you a shot at John Hinckley Jr. No pun intended. Concert. What would make this even better is if AOC's there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not touching that. <laughs> I wanted you to. I'm like not dangling it. If over Ed the- was here, Ed, however, <laughs> would have. Uh, you mean the bartender? <laughs> he would have pounced on that. Yeah. All right, well, again, we apologize. Why Michelle Pfeiffer? I, I got to Google that, but go did, ahead. Did you, did you, 
Hey, I was I was all I must in. Have been taking LSD. I was all in. I know, but I swear I've read that people are like in their cars, like these two morons are stupid. But it's in the title. If you expected anything other than that, then that's on you. Yeah, it's in the title. So, um, the other major uh, topic that we were going to get to before we um was you know going relive going down memory lane with Easter and then totally confusing who kills who for who. Uh, we want to talk about, you talk about a straight up savage and, uh, that's John Joel Glanton. And if you don't know who that is, he was a scalp hunting mercenary who terrorized the old West. So, and all these Indian cowboy Indian movies, native American movies, they portray the Indian as a bad guy who scalped, you know, they scout people. And, uh, this guy was about as vicious as they come. Uh, and, uh, he started uh, receiving cash rewards uh, back in 1840s for every Apache scalp he brought in. And yeah. he had a group of mercenaries who hunted hunted Apache Indians. He was born in 1819 and had a twin named Julian. They were born in South Carolina to Charles and Margaret. You know, we, we'd look at... Um, then he went to Louisiana in the 1800s. There's no air conditioning in the 1800s, and you're living in Louisiana. How did you make it? That's how people move north. You know, like nowadays, you're like, why would anybody live up there? Well, I get it. If I had to live here in the south, we didn't have air conditioning or ice. That's why in the 60s and the 50s, there was nothing on the beaches in Florida because you ain't getting off the beach and surviving. No. that was <laughs> There's no fun to be had. And now, like, nowadays, we go out there and, and lay out there like a piece of bacon all day, you know? Uh, we got a house two blocks from the beach. Yeah. Back then, you'd be like, better hope that thing's pointed in the right direction of the wind. We got a house, uh, like, 500 miles away from the beach, not in Florida. So, you know, they that we always have over-sensationalized the cowboy and Indian thing in Hollywood. And you had, you know, these prolific people like Wild Bill Hickok and Calamity Jane and um, Billy the Kid and all these other, you know, so they, they glorified those those things in, in Hollywood in the movies. But really, it was just a brutal fucking place to live. And it's just, there. I really can't think of a how you could spin a good story out of anything that happened back then. It at, was it was brutal, brutal living. So. At the ripe old age of 16, while he was living with his parents in Gonzales, Texas, his fiancée was abducted, scalped, and killed by Lapan, I guess is how you say it, basically a, a tribe of Apaches. Yeah. So he decides, you know what? What's good for the goose? Good for the gander. And so he gets in there and becomes an army scout, a free scout. Under uh, Colonel James Fannin Jr., and which worked, most of those guys didn't survive, and became a Texas Ranger captain at sixteen. Yeah, yeah. This old boy had a thirst for blood. Yeah, he did. He was a savage for sure. He um, he was so out of control that after the Goalie Dad massacre, if you don't know what that is, Google that. President Sam Houston banished him from the state of Texas. Not to return. Don't you ever come <laughs> step back another foot. Don't step your damn snake field boot back in my city. Then he gets back in two years later, back in Louisiana, and they arrest him because he shot a police officer in New Orleans. Yeah, he just didn't care, dude. He didn't care. Something you talk about flipping the switch when his fiance got. Yeah, that's that's what did it. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, but y'all ain't ever seen a man scorned. Yeah. 
Oh, I got some good stories about that too on another episode. Okay, yeah, yeah, I will. I will talk about it for sure. Um, the 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 crazy part, he ended up. Uh, he was in the big, you know, the the big uh, Texas. Uh, God dang it, my my scroller stopped scrolling. The Mexican American War in eighteen forty six to eighteen forty eight. Um, and he had, he had like that's what you'd said. He had elevated his skills and his thirst for blood uh, in violence. And then he had ended up. Uh, they wanted to lynch his ass. The townspeople that where the battle took over, they wanted to lynch him, y'all. He didn't give to. It didn't matter what side you were on. If you were a criminal, he was coming after you. It's crazy. They had. Um, he had also. He had started working a deal um, with. Uh, I'm trying to find that damn. Here we go. Uh up in North Mexican uh, states of Sonora in the site, Chihuahua and uh, Chahula. Yeah. <clears throat> he had uh, struggled in attacking Apaches and small groups, um, would always raid the settlers uh, and basically kill everybody and take people for slaves uh, and then use their, um, use the things from the settlers as currency throughout, you know, so. Finally, in uh, it looked like uh, nineteen, or I'm sorry, eighteen thirty-five. Uh, Manuel uh, Escalante, the governor of Sonora, uh, struck on. He had an idea. He offered bounty uh, for every scout, Apache scout, brought to him to the capital, uh, and he was given a hundred pesos, uh, which was roughly a hundred bucks then. And so he had a government contract on people, dude, on people. But the crazy, the crazy part is. Um, that's that's exactly Glanton's the kind of guy he needed, you know. I mean, he was bloodthirsty and he was money hungry. It was financed by the United States Council with Benjamin Riddle presiding over that. So you're thinking, ah, this is under the you know under the guise of uh, undercover. We're just gonna we're gonna uh, just pay him under the table. No, this was legit on paper. Yeah. Yeah, it's like on on Django, he had he had them contracts yeah. on people. Yeah, uh, uh, one what was it alive or dead? It didn't matter. Most of them dead. Most of them were no. They killed them. Yeah, they there was like, we're not we're not having a struggle with you, son. You're just gonna get Die. shot, and that's real. That shit happened all the time. Um, but you know you had the other thing too. Um, it wasn't just him. He had got a band of misfits together. Oh, and this is supposedly I was looking. There's several books written about this gang that you're about to talk about. And it's so bloodthirsty. They say that Hollywood cannot dumb it down. There's no, no way they'll ever be able no to make There's no way to spin movie. it. Like, uh, what was a what was a big story they had? Uh, they made the guy look like a good guy, but he was actually a terrible piece of shit. There's a bunch of those out there. There's one specific. I'm trying to think. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't Braveheart. Um, I'm trying to think what it was. There was one that's just specifically terrible. I'll, it'll come to me. So, um, I'm having we're fighting with the internet in here this morning. So that's what uh, my my little hiccups are. <clears throat> um, not he he also had remarried. This is what kind of a family man he was. When he remarried, he uh, decided that he was going to leave his wife and kid at home and take some uh, <laughs> prospectors to uh, to California or from California to Mexico. But his efforts failed. Uh, and he got stranded in, in Mexico, and that's when he uh, started using his skills and his violence uh, for scalping. Um, 
it was a murderous line of work that he was in, but he absolutely was was the get right guy for it. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say he's hard to kill because he Stevens calls yeah. relatives. He uh, <clears throat> takes over this riverboat that the Yuma Indians had, and he kills supposedly while he's operating it. Um, let me back up and make sure. He and his gang seized the operated river ferry controlled by the Yumas. And while operating, they reportedly killed Mexican and American passengers alike for their money and goods. Well, on, at dawn on April 23rd, 1850, the usual friendly Yuma had like, to hell with this. Yeah. These interlopers got to go. Yeah. And they cut his throat and he survived. He still lived. That's why I said it was a it was a dangerous is a bloody game back there. They were so pissed at him they staked him to a dog and burnt the dog. Damn! Slit his throat, ties him to a dog, sets the dog on fire. What the fucking dog do? I don't know. Maybe it was his dog. It doesn't. It could have been. You know the sad thing apart. I think the governor his his actual goal was to get rid of the Apache warrior, and that was the scalp, and that's why he had gave him. A thousand bucks for every scalp that they got off of a warrior, but his him and his gang, the Glanton gang, they're just kind of shitheads, and all they did was uh, stalk, uh, you know, small enough bands to massacre, and they they were always looking for defenseless women and children to kill. Um, and they had no intentions. <clears throat> the Apaches they had had no intentions of giving uh, into the scalpers, and the the Apaches finally all rallied together. Uh, killing the scalpers uh, and evaporating into the landscape, although spoiling their profitability of uh, them doing any kind of scalp trade. So they 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 basically was like, "Hey, we've got to get together as a group and kill these fuckers off because yeah yeah they're we got to hunt them. We're being hunted, you know." <clears throat> Excuse me, but yeah, like I said, it overstayed his welcome in Mexico, uh, and it went on to. Uh, the grizzly, the grizzly trade picked up again. Scalp hunters targeted anyone with brown skin and dark hair, which put the Hispanics, the the Mexicans, in danger. Um, right. He was taking. He started scalping Mexicans to increase his. Yeah. Yeah. He's crazy. Chihuahua alone paid out. You ready for this? Seventeen thousand eight hundred ninety six dollars, or. By 2020 standards, was six hundred one thousand two hundred and ten dollars. The state of Chihuahua. In, I'm talking the the fucking wild west. You're rolling around with that much money. They that much money. He was just brutal, and I I apologize. What I told you was uh, that he did die from his. He did die from the yeah, from the that's slit. How, that's how he wound up meeting the end in 1850. Um. Finally, when the Mexican authorities realized that Glanton was taking the Mexican scalps, Governor Angel uh, Alvarez of Ch- uh, Chihuahua placed a bounty of, by today's standards, on Glanton's head of $268,756. That's a lot. That's a shitload. I mean, does that essentially make you a fucking millionaire uh, back, back in the Wild in, West? Well, hell, right now I'm I'm thinking about fueling up the old... Uh, <laughs> Taliban Toyota I got. We'll go hunt for $260,000. Yeah, if he wasn't dead, I'd go look for him. Um, you know, fleeing as fast as he could with his remaining men, Glanton made his way to Sonora, where he quickly wore out his welcome, and there he and his gang 
escaped to Arizona. I mean, he was on. He was an outlaw. Yeah, he went like, all over the country, like international outlaw. He was in Arkansas for a little bit. He was in Texas, Louisiana. I don't think he ever came back to the South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, and then reaching the Colorado River, he marked uh, the border between Sonora and Arizona. Glanton discovered the ferry operated by the man A. L. Lincoln. Uh, yes, he was a relative of that Lincoln as well. Uh, and fellow Mexican-American war veteran who just made an unfortunate transport to immigrants across the river to join the California gold rush. So that was perfect for them. They were going to have tons of people always going into California for gold. So there's multiple. I mean, what if they just cut their scalps off and threw them in the river? I mean, that had to be what was going on. Yeah, because when somewhere you, bodies were stacking yeah. up. And that's the thing about the Yumas. If you research the Yumas, they're always peaceful, non-warring tribe, but they took care of their own. For them to be like, you know what? We got to get rid of old gringo. Yeah. Paleface got to go. But he, I just don't, I mean, but like do you, I said, he, some kind of switch. Yeah. You know, when you went back, you were talking about how uh, he was extort. He was, he was like the first cartel. Yeah. <laughs> he was, uh. He 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 chased Lincoln out of business. Lincoln was scared of him. He got away from him, uh, and then he promptly took that business, took the took the ferry over, uh, where you said he was extorting uh, passengers and charging them as as much as ten times the previous amount that they were being charged to go back and forth. And then if they didn't pay, he just robbed. He just robbed them and kill them exactly. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, they so and they, no, don't get this confused with the bus episode we did. This is back in the horse and buggy days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This guy's brutal. He was. He was. I mean, just to kill people with your bare hands, something's wrong with you. Um, uh, but again, you know, even in sleep, there was no escape from Glanton uh, from his own violence and greed. The Yuma chief had patiently gathered hundreds of Yuma warriors, and they rushed to Glanton's camp. As he and his men slept, the Yuma proceeded to beat, knife, and scalp all of the men, Glanton included. Uh, Glanton remained a little-known figure in history until the publication of uh, Cormac McCarthy's uh, novel Bloody Meridian, <clears throat> which was mostly an accurate account of the scalp trade, largely based on Samuel uh, Chambers' memoirs or Chamberlain's memoirs. And the Bloody Meridian remains one of the few McCarthy novels considered to be unfilmable due to the nightmarish deeds done by John Joel Glanton and his gang. So yeah, this is we just barely sca- scratched the surface. We just wherever he was <laughs> a little bit, wherever he's a little off the top, wherever he put up his tent, mayhem and death followed. It ensued. Yes, yeah. as uh, White Earp says, "Tell him I'm coming and I'm bringing hell with me." Because you knew if you knew of him back then, if he showed up, get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, yeah, or catch him when he's sleeping, <laughs> just like the Indians did. Yeah, he. Uh, but yeah, I mean. And he lived to the ripe old age of, what did I say, 30? 31, 32. If he was killed in 50, he was born in 19. Yeah, 31. Yeah, 31 years old. He lived a long time. <laughs> I guess back then. But, you know, he By made. By the age of 16, he was already killing folks, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. it's. And you're, for, you're like, back then, too, you're a reconnaissance scout uh, going into enemy territory. You didn't, you didn't have technology and. And uh, devices to you keep. You may you. have had a spotting glass that maybe had one power. It's like on uh, Blazing Saddles where they hide behind cactuses. They got they stand still and they do one arm up and one arm down, like peeking over it. 
Yeah. Like rolling on the ground with a tumbleweed. <laughs> Don't ever see me. <laughs> but he's commanding a Texas Ranger outfit at 16. Yeah. He's killing folks. And then he's so bloodthirsty, they kick him. Sam Houston says, no, you're too bloody for us. Dude, if you're too bloody for Texas, you're, you're just a bad apple. You're a bad apple, so... That's crazy, yeah. man. I had never heard of him until you sent that link. It's. I would like to read the book, but I don't know if I want to now. I want to read it, uh, but what I want to do more than anything is get a better internet provider in our studio because my computer was... Uh, Shitting on itself. Yeah, it was going to put me in a mental institution before this is over with. So everybody have a great Easter. Enjoy time with your friends and your family, your loved ones. Be good to each other. I hope you get a lot of Easter eggs in... Uh, and uh, suck the cream out of them Cadbury's. Ugh, those things are nasty as hell. They're gross. Brittany brought some home, and I was like, no, I'm not eating. She's like, don't eat mine. I was like, don't worry. Don't worry, I'll never don't worry. eat. Don't worry. But, uh, and then my dad, this last thing I'll tell you, my daughter, Zoe, she was a little bitty, and uh, my dad like makes potato salad every year. It's a big, it's a big thing. Every year we get potato salad. And uh, Zoe wasn't a fan of it. She's little, right? She's a little bitty. And my my dad's like, Zoe, what do you want me to put on your plate? He said, she's like, Papa, I'll eat anything, but just don't put none of that potato sada on my plate. <laughs> so every year, potato my sada. dad's like, you want some potato sada? <laughs> she's like, no, Papa, I still don't like it. So. But uh, that's going to do it, man. Y'all take care. Hey, good. take care, man, buddy. Man, buddy? Man, buddy, buddy. man. Wolfman. Did, did, did I just work at a gas station? Man, buddy. Oh, man, buddy, buddy, man. Boss. Buddy, man, boss. All right, later. <laughs>